Welcome to another episode of The Bunt, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding, Vans, baby. And just like my main man, Phelps says, at the end of the day, you lucky to find them. So we've spoke on this shoe before, but we feel it deserves a little more attention, so we going back to the Ultra Range Pro. Man. The Ultra Range Pro is the real deal. More cushion, keep pushing. You dig? You know they got that impact cushioning that I love. That extra tough Duracap, tough rubber reinforcements in the ollie areas so your shoes hold up much longer. They got that responsive fit, that legendary control with the Vans original waffle gum rubber outsole that gives skaters superior board feel for the ultimate control. My dog, I'm turning 30 in just a few short weeks and my skills have been steadily declining since I was about 19, which lets you know I ain't very good to begin with. So when I hear that someone's taking innovation to new levels and dropping a revolutionary performance skate shoe, you know I'm all over it. And the fact that Vans did it, it's a match made in heaven. So if any of you old timers out there ain't rocking these, then y'all ain't got no excuse. Vans off the wall since 1960 motherfucking six. And now, live from Studio E, The Bunt with Safer and Donovan. All right, my dog, here we go again. One more episode before the season finale. Uh, getting kind of uh, a little bummed out that season four is wrapping up so quick but you know what it is we'll be on to the next one soon enough everyone knows i'm d jones he's the ghost we got ants one behind the scenes it's a cool thing dude what we got popping for episode 11 bro you already know what it is we got a dude a local legend who became a china transplant but he's back for the summer the big homie Johnny Tang in the building, in the flesh. It's great to have one of our fucking main dudes from back in the day on the show. Then, you know, you know what it is. We taking y'all to the post office and then it's a little sports thing. You know what I'm saying? NBA draft popped and whatever else Donald's been paying attention to. Oh, the NHL expansion draft popped. Been waiting on that one. It was a wild affair, just as I expected. And then the NHL draft as well, man. So a little bit to talk about in the rundown, that's for sure. But y'all know, make sure to like us on Facebook at the Bunt. Follow us on Instagram at the Bunt Live. Holler at our iTunes page, you know. Slide into that podcast app, drop the subscribe, maybe hit us with a review and a five star rating, and then send in them emails to the Bunt Live at gmail.com. Post office can't go on without y'all. Turn up, yo. We forgot to mention we got some footy chat this week still <laughs> that's true that's true i hope our main man mike henry comes through with something nice real shit haven't listened yet we'll have to see we got uh that contest still popping or what g yeah shit dog i'm 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 still looking for you know maybe a half cab heel crook revert or something to shut oh. it down <laughs> you asked we- for the half cab heel crook last week and you're stepping up to the reeves eh yeah, Magnus, we looking at you, dog. I was just gonna say, is that a message for Magnus? Is uh, our man in our man in Florida hit us with a half cap heel crooks too, Manny? I think he got the revert in you, dog. Let's see it. I think I'm on team Magnus, yo. Oh, okay, okay. If, 
it always seems to work out that we're against each other in these bets. So I'll go with Manny versus Magnus. My money's on Manny, but I love you, Magnus. Half cab heel crook Reeve coming soon. Keep them <laughs> entries popping. We'll give y'all one more week still. Let's get it. So like we said, the big homie Johnny Tang in the building. Always looked up to him. The big shop in Scarborough when we were young, Perception. He was one of the main riders. Came through with one of the biggest parts back in the day. Perception rolling deep. A video I'll never forget. Hopefully uh, someone finds the time to put it on YouTube for the rest of the world. But it was just a pleasure having the big homie in the studio. Johnny's kept it fresh to death from a young age. Precision skater. He's one of the first guys that made me appreciate style versus just trying to do the hardest trick. Best flat ground in the game. True inspiration. Hope y'all enjoy the interview. Stay. Let's get it. get this party started heavy scarborough representation inside studio e this week johnny what's going on man good thanks guys thanks for having me on the, the bunt <laughs> i feel honored <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think of studio e man uh, first thing i want to congratulate you guys on being so successful oh man i think it was last year um safest came to me and uh we had a little talk and since then, I've been following you guys, and you guys have been doing a great job. So, congratulations to you guys. I'm proud Thank of you. you guys, man. What? <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks, brother. Turn up, yo. <laughs> Feeling the love. You have a one-on-one -on -one with Johnny. The sky's the limit, you know? So, uh, every show starts the same. Favorite skate moment, favorite sports moment. I guess favorite sports moment. Getting to meet Kevin Durant. Oh, Sick. God. Yeah, uh, no. I mean, he came to China with... Lina, so she's like uh, one of the big uh, tennis players, and uh, I was taking Omar Salazar around, and those were like the three biggest athletes at the time, and yeah, I got to like chill and stand like right beside Durant. I didn't really know who he was, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, ended up. Oh, Costin was there. Costin was there. Got an autographed basketball, and uh, he couldn't take it back because it couldn't fit in his luggage or something, so he just ended up giving it to me. So, yeah. Sick. Favorite no sports way. moment, I guess, is uh, getting to meet Kevin Durant. Yeah. You know he's an NBA champion as of like two weeks ago. Right? Of course, I follow that, but that can't be my favorite sports moment. Yeah. Shit. So, skateboard moment? For myself, I guess, it would be the first time taking uh, a pro team around China. That would be my favorite. Just getting to see how, uh, how incredible it is, like when big ass tricks go down that's mm -hmm. like yeah that's always incredible to see what was the team it was nike sb filming for nothing but the truth and that's the first time i've ever been uh like really up close with anybody you know like that level mm -hmm. and uh yeah seeing stefan janowski omar uh, dan murphy was on that trip just Whoa. yeah those guys were doing some crazy tricks shit that i didn't think was possible you mm -hmm. know like that like they're human i'm human but how is that shit possible you know <laughs> yeah uh so i yeah definitely my first time seeing that like blew my mind <clears throat> so you're a fucking for anyone who doesn't know a toronto man's a scarborough man oh god oh yeah tell us about young johnny coming up in toronto and uh getting into skating <sighs> where do we start it all started one day when i was watching tv uh watching the sports channel so uh, I was watching uh, the X Games, and it was Vert, 
and Tony Hawk did a double McTwist. That was like, <laughs> uh, I think that was the, the, the first time that trick's ever been done. I didn't know shit. I just remember they said something about double McTwist. And I guess that's the first time uh, skateboarding was ever on my radar. Yeah, so one day I was just hanging out, like months past, I was hanging out my homie's house and he had this old Kmart, uh, old school board in his uh, closet. So I was like, I was just about to go home. I was like, yo, let me see that. Let me borrow that. Let me take that shit home. You know, like, let me, uh, let me get home faster with that. And yo, seriously, I could have walked way faster. <laughs> you know, I could have got home faster if I just walked, but uh, I don't know. I just want to try that shit out. And uh, after that experience, I just left it in my garage. Like I didn't even want to fuck with it anymore because it's just so hard to ride. Mm -hmm. And uh, one afternoon, like months pass, I remember one afternoon, there's a bunch of kids, all the kids from the neighborhood, like school's off. And you know, one kid had their bike, another kid had a scooter, another kid had rollerblades and all these like transportation thingies, all these toys came out. I was like, fuck, what do I got? What, what you know, what, what can I, what stand, what can I bring out that stands out from their stuff? And I remember I had that skateboard. So I brought it out and a neighbor about four houses down came over, an older guy, he probably must have been in his like mid twenties. He comes over and he's like, yo, you skateboard? I was like, no, <laughs> this shit's fucking the hardest shit. You know, like I can't, I can't, I can't do anything on that thing. Like you better be careful. Like that thing's not easy to ride. So he gets on it and he did the, the whole nine yards. So like looking back now, like, dude, he like put his put his two feet as close as he could together, and he, he like his hand even touched the nose. You know what I meant? Dude, the nose touch. Yeah, oh yeah. And uh, dude, he like blasted a like a chest high ollie. Like that's how <laughs> like to me back then. Like I was kind of short, I guess, and he was like just blasting hollies. And then um, yeah, so I was like, yo, what the fuck? Like that's so sick. Like I want to do that. How the fuck did you do that? Like I never seen that. I've never seen anybody do anything on that thing. And then uh, you know, so like. After he's like, all right, kid, peace out. And I, uh, I, I asked him how to do it. He taught me. He leaves and I start, you know, standing on my board trying to ollie and shit. And then I'm like, yo, this kind of feels a little bit different than, uh, than before. So I look and he broke my fucking truck. <laughs> <laughs> so like my truck. That's why he dipped. Yeah, I don't know if that's why he dipped, but like he left me with a broken like truck. <laughs> so now I'm like, I'm all hyped on skateboarding, but I can't even skate, you know? Uh, and then... Uh, few, I think another few months passed and it was my birthday and that's all I wanted for my birthday was a skateboard so my mom bought me a secondhand board and ever since then I've never stopped skating Ooh. too bad too bad he dusted your truck. motherfucker <laughs> if he's back. listening I hope you fucking nah he's not listening he changed your life I mean that's bit true. of a dick move but if it wasn't for him if it wasn't for him I wouldn't be skateboarding you'd be a corporate asshole like Ian Toa <laughs> all right so how did you end up getting sponsored by perception and what were the early years of the shop like with legends greg wilson and glenfield running the show i grew up skating a lot in toronto like tons mm -hmm. luckily i ran into simon disher uh -oh. adam mayo wyshynski <laughs> his little brother jason uh callum uh, who else was there? Neil, gnarly oh. Neil, negative Neil, gnarly Neil, gnarly yeah, Neil, and yeah, we just ended up skating downtown every day. And I think Simon was the first one out of all of us to get sponsored. And he was like, "Yo, man, like, if you 
if if we all put like sponsor me videos together, we'll get we'll get sponsored. You know, <laughs> we'll all get sponsored. And I was like, oh, yeah, for real. Like we did, at the time, I didn't even know what that meant. Like I didn't know what mm-hmm. a sponsorship was like. You know, like we were just skating because we had nothing better to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we tried filming for like two weeks to like a month i don't know we were just trying to film like these video parts or whatever these sponsor me videos (laughs) you know and seriously we put in as much footage as we could like you know like 50 50s and just the easiest tricks i guess just fill yeah we didn't know there's no there's no like guidelines or anything like there is today like you know like with music selection nbds Mm -hmm. and all this crap um (laughs) yeah but we ended up giving our sponsor me videos to that guy and pretty much said no to everybody and i was like yo simon what's up like why 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 aren't we getting sponsored (laughs) i want free boards (laughs) i want to say i'm sponsored but he was just like uh yeah man he said he said something to me about like you your style's too stiff or some shit i was like man fuck that guy (laughs) so uh uh yeah so that kind of just it didn't it bummed me out but it didn't like stop me from skateboarding obviously mm-hmm. and i was just like man fuck it whatever uh like that doesn't change anything we're just, we're still doing what we love and uh, a few months or whatever you know pers- we heard about this uh skate shop way 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 out on the east end oh yeah perception you know we heard about it uh, and uh we heard that they were having a contest so we went there i think a week in advance to just go check out the skate park and Jeez. yeah the old wooden one yeah you remember it of was course. i went to those contests right yeah. holy shit i think i must have got first or something and then we were skating downtown one day and greg came up to me like right in front of much music i think like we i was crossing the street and he's like johnny and he hit me up and he's just like, hey, Johnny, what's good? I'm like, I don't know, just chilling, skating with the homies, you know? And he's like, hey, Dan, you, you want to ride for the shop? And I was like, no way! <laughs> you know, like, I, I was so fucking hyped. I was so hyped, but I had to keep it in. I had to keep it in, you know? All the homies were around and shit. I, had to hold, I couldn't look like a goofball. But uh, I was super, you know, I was like the happiest kid in the world at the time. And mm-hmm. then uh, he's like, yeah, just call Glenn and he'll, my partner, and he'll kind of tell you what's up and yeah man like i couldn't ask for a better sponsor at that time they hooked they hooked up i think it was like shoes every once in a while and uh and a board every month and that was out of their own pocket you know so Mm -hmm. i super appreciated like all the help that they gave me to to where i'm at now right uh so speaking of uh perception days uh, the shop had a pretty heavy squad the likes of simon disher warren ungen colin passy Dan Stewart and yourself. What was it like growing up skating with those clowns? It was the best. It was <laughs> the best days, man. Always, um, Simon always had a car. He, he lived in like a mansion. So we would go there and chill all the time. His parents were super cool. Warren was super hype. He had a car. He always had like the stereo system. So it was good. It was super good uh, being with that team. And especially when we were filming for like the Rolling Deep video. It was, man, those were the best days. A classic. Because uh, we would actually roll deep. We would roll deep downtown. <laughs> we rolled deep to, what was it, like Whitby Park? <laughs> that wooden one, you know? Oh, God. Uh, we went everywhere together. Uh, yeah, those were like days I'll never forget. Like days, you know, like being a skate rat growing up, those were like, the, that was the shit for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys were like, like, well, you, Warren, Simon and stuff were a couple years older than us. You guys were like our OGs. For real. Like, we huh? all just looked up to you guys first to get sponsored, first to get cars. 
Rich to do all like video parts. Of, yeah. That's crazy. Never, never forget those days. I remember you guys being like little ass fucking kids. Little, yeah, we little ass kids. Yeah. So uh, you always had a fresh status deck back in the day. Oh. Those blanks must have been your favorite. And Warren told me you always hustled hard to keep them fresh. Yo. You want to tell us about, about how you kept the kept the new deck always under your feet? Man, yo, the struggle was real. <laughs> but, yo, the hustle I had was sick. The, go, the guys over at S&J were nice enough uh, to give me a, what was it, distribution cost. So what they were paying for the product... They would hook it up to uh, me. Uh, they don't. They don't know. They didn't know this, and obviously, it's like it. <laughs> it's over it, now. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Um, but <laughs> like, like you guys shouldn't do this, or if you do do it, don't get caught. But um, I used to get distribution distribution costs, and I think it was like what the static status decks sold to shops was thirty bucks, right? I got them for fifteen. Holy right, and you guys like consumers, like kids who are buying from the shop would pay. I think it was like what 50, 60, 60, yeah, 60 bucks for a deck, then, right? Yeah. So I would get them for 15, wow, right? And then I would sell them for 30 used. <laughs> yeah, to the suckers like me, yo, but I'm sure I got one of those status decks but too, but I would do a deal, right? So then I, w- I would always <laughs> have, a, right, uh, dude, I would always have a fresh ass like status board because I never broke boards. Right, and if I chipped them, I'd price them for like super cheap, but I'd still have 20. two. You give me thirty, I could still get two decks, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Or, and if I can't get two decks, I'll uh, you know I'll get one deck and some food money for like the week or whatever, you know, like some <laughs> hot dog money, right? Like <laughs> some downtown money, some bus fare for sure. Everyone won in that deal except for S and J's. <laughs> except for S and J's. Oh man, we did, oh yeah. yeah, we were happy Sorry, to guys. buy used uh, yeah. boards thirty back bucks then for thirty bucks. Imagine, Brand new. Imagine selling right? used. I used those things for bucks. a week. Yeah, you probably went to Percy Park for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Nolly heel tail action. Well, yeah, I don't tail side anyways. I'll I'll take those. Right, right. Imagine trying to pull that off now though. Like, yo, I'll sell you this used board for thirty bucks. Right. Win win lose <laughs> for S and J's. around now. I you think. barely sell a, a brand new board for thirty bucks. The market's drying up. But don't get caught doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Wait till the company goes out of business and then bring it up and enjoy the story. But I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you, Chad Albert. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Jay. (laughs) (laughs) So we talked about it a little bit, and we don't know if you'll have any memories, but what were your first memories of me and the ghost as little kids? Man, uh, downtown sessions. Yeah. Yo, I remember like you guys, uh, Jacob, Jesse, you guys would roll deep. Like you guys, you guys, uh, we had our crew, but yeah. then like you guys were the next crew. <laughs> and it was sick because we would be downtown every day and then we would see you guys every day. And the crazy thing is like we would see you guys progress all the time as well. Like I remember like, man, you had the fucking craziest switch tray flip. It's Always. Like, yeah, Earl Hag, baby. Yo, switch everything. Uh, sure. Nolly, like, shove it into everything. Dono, your style was just insane. Nolly shoving into everything? Into, like, every, <laughs> like, yeah. Nolly shoves, fakey shoves, Nolly fakey. It was, like, nothing. I don't remember, like, anything regular coming out of Safe. <laughs> my, my ankle was always jacked, the regular one. Was it? <clears throat> That's why, yeah. I started skating switch so much because... I, I kept fucking up my regular ankle like when I was super young so I just was forced to like out of necessity yeah, a, yeah like, I want I can't skate regs yet but I can come skate with a crew if I'm skating switch so that's what happened to me and then Dono for sure the tallest dude out of all of them can't forget 
But yeah, I've been following you guys like now, and you're good as fuck now. Yo, that's crazy. Yeah, the ghost is crazy, man. I know. He's talking to Donald. Donald ages like fine wine still. <laughs> right, right, man's right. about to turn 30, and he's better than he was five years ago. That, that's what, dude, that's what I think. He's getting like better as he gets older. I'm pretty jealous. Hold up, hold up. I just got to crack a next common good beer, you day. Jeez. But then slowly, I think both of our crews just combined into one. And now we're stuck with Simon Disher. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just playing, baby. He knows I love him. But yeah, it's just formed into one big crew, man. Yeah. So everything was great. Toronto life, you know, status, grasshoppers, iPath, life's nice. And then all of a sudden you drop a bomb on the squad and you're moving to China what was behind the decision? We heard your mom didn't want you to bring a board, but uh, what was behind the whole thing? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. I like I never planned on moving. Everything was good skate wise here in Toronto. You know, how old were you at the time? Uh, I think I was like nineteen or twenty, and uh, my so I went to China when I was seventeen years old, and you know, just like for a month or two or something, to visit some family and go do that every every so often. So. Uh, when I went, my mom was telling me like, oh, don't bring your board, you know, don't bring it to China because there's, there's it's like dirt roads and horses. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yo, for real? <laughs> like, that's kind of crazy. So I left my board in Hong Kong and I was going to Guangzhou, which is like two, three, or like four hour bus ride away into like the mainland part of China. And, uh, you know, I get there and I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like the city's like built on marble. Like there's granite, marble, <laughs> everywhere there's like millions of people there's like it it's happening you know like there's no there's no suburbs there so i'm like yo this is crazy and um my cousin were were like at a similar age and i was like yo take me to you know like take me to some parks you know like because i'm thinking like you know like plazas and stuff like that and he took me to this one spot and i started looking around at the ledges and i'm like oh shit you know there's like melted wax on here so I'm going to come back at night because during the daytime, it's like unbelievably humid and hot. So I was like, yo, we got to come back here at nighttime and I want to see if any skaters show up. So I come back at like nine o'clock, nine thirty, and boom, long and behold, there's a, there's a group of skaters skating there. And I was like, yo man, like, can I try your board? I haven't <laughs> skated in like two weeks or whatever, you know, can I just skate around and end up skating? We Like the locals and I got really close and they showed me all the spots, this and that, this and that. And I came back to Canada, right? So three years later, uh, when I'm like 20, my grandpa gets sick. And my mom's like, all right, uh, we got to go to China and uh, visit Gramps. You know, and uh, I was like, all right, cool. And at that time, like, yeah, I was riding for like SNJs, Perception and iPath. And uh, I was like, hey, Chad, you know, can uh, I'm going to China for like two months. Do you think I can uh, grab some product? They hooked it up. Um, I was just thinking two month trip. I could probably get some filming, some skating done while I'm down there because I know there's so many spots and it'd be so sick to bring back some footage. And I ended up skating down there for like the first month or something. And uh, some dude comes up to me. He's like, hey, you, you want to? You want to skate for us? And I was just, I was just skating the plaza. And I was like, hey, you want to skate for us? I was like, uh, no, it's all right. You know, like I kind of ride for a shop and this and that, this and that. And uh, homie's like, we'll pay you. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like what? Yeah. Uh, Say that again. Yeah, like I didn't even know you could get paid for skateboarding. You know, like that's not even a like an option. And like I never even thought about that. 
I just thought, no, skating, getting free products was like good enough. I was like, that's perfect. And then he's like, yeah, you wanna you wanna ride for us? And they brought like they brought out this contract and everything. And I was like, well, this is kind of crazy. They were gonna pay me like a thousand RMB a month. I don't know how much that is here. Maybe like two hundred bucks, two hundred bucks mm-hmm. to skate for them. Uh, and I was like well if you put it that way fuck yeah you know like (laughs) as long as it doesn't like i'm going home in two months or whatever anyways right so i might as well just you know get paid yeah while i'm here like what was the company uh it was a skate shop it's like a distribution actually it was a distribution out in china and they did their own boards and you know like uh i don't know i forget what they did but it was like maybe toy machine and stuff like that like they distributed some tomato stuff i think maybe i don't know so I, I i wrote for them for whatever and then when when I had to go back, they were like, hey, you know, uh, if you stick around for like half a year, we'll pay you for that half year. You know, we'll, we'll continue paying you for half a year, you know, and you can enter contests and this and that, blah, blah, blah. And I that's what I did. I did. I had a lot of commercial opportunities, uh, a lot of demo work and stuff just because skateboarding was growing. It, it, it is still growing in China, but they need people, you know, to do kickflips on stage and shit like that and you get really good money because it's such not a lot of people skate can down do there it. Yeah, yeah not a lot of people could do it down there right at that time this was like what like 15 years ago so you know you're on stage with like 200 people for this new year's event thing you know chinese new year's huge down there and then you get like this fat cash fucking payout so I'm like, hell yeah, I'll do it. And I was making pretty good money. And then, and my, uh, the thing was my flight ticket, I could push it back for, I think for, it was for like a year. Uh, like I had the option of like, okay, if flexible I want, uh, yeah, yeah, flexible, open-ended ticket for a year. Damn. So I was like, all right, I'll do this for six months. And then like, you know, if it doesn't go well or if it goes well, blah, 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 this, blah, blah, that. So then um, I did that for half a year. And I end up going, moving, to, uh, I end up going to Be- Beijing for a contest and i met a girl i met a girl and what was she she was uh she told me she was 24 and i was 20 so she was like four years older she's like you know she she used to be a model an actress and uh, a makeup artist and all this shit you know so i was like damn like she was like at first at first glance she was like hot as fuck to me i was like yo what dude yo (laughs) like yeah i'll I'll be your boyfriend (laughs) you know dude i didn't even go back to guangzhou i just left all my luggage all my shit in guangzhou and i just moved in with her right then and there she was down she was hype and then and then later uh, later on i found out she was eight years older than me yeah it's crazy so she was eight years older than me and i was i don't know i just got me even more stoked you know i was like (laughs) no no way and we were together for like uh anyways uh enough about her but uh (laughs) um i ended up just living in china after that like i had a girlfriend i just said fuck it to the plane ticket i was just making money off of that skate shop but at that time again skateboarding was growing so companies like quicksilver were come were thinking about opening offices in shanghai so they came in and they were like hey we need to look for riders and i actually changed sponsors at the time i went to somewhere else i went to fly skate shop and gift skateboards which was like a bigger company and it was skater owned and skater ran company so like we could communicate way better there's like a lot more communication there 
I ended up going to that skate shop and they hooked it up hard. Like they really, really helped me um, with like skateboarding and business and stuff like that. So I ended up riding for Quicksilver and yeah. And then Nike came through. I did the tour guide for them and they were like, yeah, we should do a skate program in China. And then a few years later, I got put on the Nike China SB team. God damn. It's a sick story, man. Just went there for two months and ended up saying... Ended up being uh, a super, super... It's been 15 years now living in China. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, the reason why I've been there for so long is because, you know, there's like a reason, man. Skateboarding out there is so insanely good. Mm -hmm. The spots, spots are being built every day and... Yeah, they're just everywhere. Every I've only really fucked with Shanghai, Guangzhou, and Beijing. But you know, you go to the next city thirty minutes away, and it's like it's another. That's a whole new. Yeah, that's a whole new another skate park. <laughs> so, what was it like set, settling into a completely new life once you decided that you were going to stay? It wasn't. It wasn't too bad. I think it's easier when you're younger mm-hmm. because you're just like way more open-minded. You don't, you're, you're not like Simon and just like negative about everything. Simon's getting lots of play on here. Uh, yeah, you, like you just eat it up, man. I mean, it's it's like the Wild West over there. It, like it's completely, completely, completely different than living in North America. It's you know, it's a free for all. There's no rules. You know, I, I think as a skateboarder, if you go to China, you will fucking love it because there's no rules, there's no guidelines, there's no security, there's spots everywhere, everything's marble. So when I moved there, I didn't, th- there was no complaining. The, I think the only thing I complained about was like not having a hamburger or something like that, you know? <laughs> but I mean, there's so much food out there and so much shit going on and happening mm-hmm. that there's no way that you could complain. Uh, oh yeah complain is i didn't have my crew with me that there you go yeah that's what i was thinking like maybe your family and your friends for sure for sure that was like the biggest the biggest uh part of the biggest change is like oh man like you know you're kind of set into like you're going out downtown every day with the homies and skating and filming and that's not really going on too much out there you're just Mm -hmm. skating like the best spots but (laughs) nothing else (laughs) (laughs) i remember when warren came to visit you yes he came back and he was like Dude, Johnny's got a mate out there. And I, I remember him saying he, you were like one of the two best skaters in all of China, like actually living there Chinese. And uh, just that the skate scene had like just blown up completely from when you moved there to now. What do you think was the driving force behind the scene? Just like going to the next level? I mean, very fortunately, I have a Asian face. So the opportunities here in Canada, obviously, you know, like I feel... Unless you're in LA or in the US, you know, in California, or if you're like ridiculously, unless you, you're a skater that you stand out ridiculously, someone like Wade, someone like Morgan, where you have like ridiculous skill set, um, it's hard to do anything with skateboarding here, right? And I wasn't, I've, I've never planned on going pro or, you know, trying to get, make living a living off, off of it, skateboarding yeah. or anything like that. I just went there and the opportunity was there, you know, mm-hmm. skateboarding was growing and they needed, they needed people, more people doing it, like influencers and this and that. And, um, some people saw those benefits where I can come in and I have, I had a knowledge of, you know, the Canadian and North American skate industry mm-hmm. and where I can actually help it grow over there. So yeah, I, I just looked at it 
like hell yeah man like i'm skating the best spots i get to skate i get to skate all the freshest newest best spots but at the same time i can help a community grow you know the skateboard community grow there and i think that's the the biggest reason why i stayed is um just because skateboarding was so new so fresh mm-hmm. um i could help it with it a lot you know um take it in the right direction take it in the right direction right um yeah and i think yeah that's why i stayed so the young Johnny China takeover was real. How hyped were you when you got your switch front heel down the ten running thrasher? Oh shit! <laughs> Yo, that was random. That's a huge <laughs> moment, man. Man, that was, and I didn't even find out about that until like two, three years later, uh, when fuck? I came back to Toronto. So the story behind that was, I was, I was, yeah, I was doing the tour guiding thing with uh, Nike SB guys, right? And it's really intimidating because I was like a kid and just skating, going along and skating with those guys, you know, like the big name pros. The best. The best. You're skating with the best dudes. And I remember just skating flat ground, just skating flat ground, you know, warm, trying to stay warm on the session because I remember it was like super cold. We're in Beijing and I was just skating some flat ground and Jake Phelps. Oh, uh -oh. uh -oh. our boy. The Phelpers. <laughs> but uh, Jake Phelps, he's like, because we went to this, we went to the spot. Uh, Stefan got his trick and it was, a, I guess it was a really good spot and nobody was trying to skate it. So Phelpers, uh, Jake Phelps threw it out at me. He's like, Johnny, why don't you jump down this thing? Switch front heel it. <laughs> and I was just like, whoa, like, I don't know. I've never done something that big before. You know, I don't know if I can do it. And it's kind of cold. You know, it kind of got everybody hyped to like, yeah, you should do it. You should do it. And oh, I'm like, oh. I'm on the spot. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, okay. I think I, the biggest set I did it down at the time was like a six day or something, like a, a double set or something. And uh, he's just like, yeah, do it. I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. Here we go. No warm up, no nothing. So first go, like complete flop. And then I'm already doubting myself, like, this isn't going down. And then second try, I caught it. And I was like, okay, this is kind of possible, probably. And I did it a few times, and I didn't even know. I knew somebody was filming it, but I didn't know that somebody was shooting a photo. Mm. And, yeah, so when I came back home, Burnell, Mark Burnell, and uh, a few, like, all the homies were like, yo, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what? Like, what, what do we mean? I got a photo in Thrasher and they showed me the magazine. I was like, whoa, shit, I got like a, a I, did, I got a sequence. I was yeah, thinking yeah. a single photo and then he ended up getting the sequence and I was just like, I was pretty hyped. I was super stoked on that. So sick. You've always had the skill, but I'm glad Jake Phelps was there to get you to pull your balls out of your purse. For, for, real. <laughs> for real. Best flat ground in the game, but. It's like pulling teeth, getting you to jump down a big gap. Yep, yep. It still is. It still, still is. Felpers, he's got the secrets. Seriously, <laughs> it's the pressure, man. He get, like, <laughs> dude, that guy is. That guy he's is intimidating. He's intimidating. Yeah. That's it. That's it. When you're around him, and and it, it, like the thing about him is, it's, dude, he's he's the encyclopedia of skateboarding, man. Like yeah. he knows everything about skateboarding. Like you can you can name a skater. I remember, like you you could say. You could name any skater. He'll tell you what page, what issue, which trick. Like he did, it. he did that. Like that person. Like he'll mm-hmm. name everything about that person. And he's if he sees the the skill in you in us, like in a skater, he'll he'll call it out. He'll like he'll, he'll push he'll push it out of you. He'll 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 milk you for that trick <laughs> for sure. It is sick though. I I got tons of respect for you know you stepping up to the plate, but also like someone like jake i ain't gonna disrespect him and call him felpers 
who can bring something out of you, you know, like there's no coaches in skateboarding, but sometimes it's cool when you're, when your friend or someone just on the sesh can somehow there are personalities, like, yeah. harness like your gnarliness, like Bill Weiss, everyone always tells us like Bill Weiss pushed them to the next level. You For know? real, eh? Yeah. Like Grant and Morgan. The shit chief. Like the chief pure intimidation right <laughs> i think it's crooks this rail damn it oh my god right i'd be like you got the wrong guy <laughs> donald what do these five guys have in common brad cromer kenny anderson brian delator dom henry and xander mitchell my dog, we talked about this a few weeks ago. The answer is easy. They're either wearing the reserve standard fit from Brixton or the fleet relaxed fit from Brixton. The two nicest pants on the market and you can tell by their skating, man, the comfiest ones you can find. Exactly. The short answer was amazing style and grace <laughs> and they look great and it's because of their clothes. But yeah, I guess you want to get technical. They rock in Brixton, baby. And they look and fly as a kite, you dig? I've never heard anyone use that term before, but if it means they look and as fly as we do in all our Brixton gear, then I gotta agree with you. I'm out here in my fleet relaxed fit, and y'all should be too. Head over to Brixton.com and take your style to the next level. Get yourself everything you need for summer 17. Brixton.com and finer skate shops worldwide. So, yeah, we've been talking about it a bit, but you've become the unofficial skateboard ambassador of China <clears throat> and you're like you're the go to tour guide for foreigners. Uh, what are some of the dopest teams and individual skaters you've met and showed around over the years? Uh, so those days are long gone now. There's so many people. There's so many foreigners there now that yeah, and I don't want to do the do that babysitting work anymore uh, unless it's people I'm cool with or know. Uh, or uh, the Nike guys, because yeah, it's just easy working with those guys. Usually they got the team manager on the sesh, so it's a lot easier. But um, yeah, I've taken a couple of guys around. Uh, who have I taken around? I took around a 411 team one time. <laughs> and who was that team? That was Jerry Sue, Danny Garcia, Kevin Booker. Your boy. Holla at your boy. Chico. And Robert Lopez Mott. Was that when Danny Garcia did that switch back three down the big three? Was it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Because uh, I remember you and Simon had footage on that big three, and then Danny Garcia randomly had that in a part. I'm like, oh, that's Johnny tour guide work right there. <laughs> right? Switch back three. Yeah, that was the most random trick back in the day, too. Yeah. That's like the, yeah, that was probably like the gnarliest trick done back then. Just I guess switch uh, back three. Go crazy. Google Maps made your tour guide job obsolete, huh? What's that? Or skate savant in, in the works. Nah, man. That's just fucking memory. They don't need you no more. They got Google Maps, yo. Yeah, that's true. Now. Back, literally anyone who had come to China before was like going through you. Yeah. There's a lot of... Because I was the only one at the time that skateboarded and spoke English and uh, Chinese. So it was... Yeah, I could take care of everybody when it came to, to food. I mean, it took a lot of practice. The first time I took people around, I didn't really know what to do. I thought they just wanted to do, go to skate spots. 
but it involves a lot more. Like if you have to be prepared for anything that goes wrong, batteries that where do we charge bathrooms, food, like man, when you when I was taking um, a lot of these skateboarders around, you know, not everybody's the same. Not everybody's as open-minded or as whatever as you are. Right, so some people want to eat this, some people want to eat that. You just have to have everything prepared, and it took a took a few trips uh, to get that down. But yeah, now when when people hit me up, it's, I start asking the questions. You know, like, okay, what do you guys need? What do you guys want? I have this, I have that. Like, you just gotta be fully prepared because sometimes you could make some good money off of it, or you can make some good friendships out of it. So you got to witness most of Shane O'Neill's China destruction over the years. How fucked is it watching him skate and film in person? It's fucked. We got to see him this summer for our, our last summer story for like a short little demo. And it's, it's mind-boggling what the guy's capable of. It's insane, right? Yeah. Isn't it insane? It is retarded. Yeah. Um, how many times have I taken him around? I don't know, like four or five times? So a lot of people hit me up showing me skate spots, you know, like, hey, Johnny, you know, like this is what we have in our city. You should come out. And I've been to a lot of cities, other different cities, and I've made a lot of friends. And they're always trying to get me and my homies out there. So I always get these amazing photos and uh, video clips. And I'll just be like, hey, Shane, check this out, you know, or Shane will hit me up and say, hey, what's good for cities in China? And I'll be like, here you go. And that's probably six months in advance because... Shane, he, he knows his, he has a schedule. He's like working under a schedule, right? Mm -hmm. So after all the street leagues and all the contests and all that stuff, there's, there's I think, a month maybe where he's he has a little bit of time off or maybe even just a week or two where he has a little bit of time off and he'll hit me up and he'll plan, we'll plan a trip together and he'll come specifically maybe for a rail, a ledge, a spot and... Yeah, he'll have a trick in mind and he'll get it. Like, and it's a gnarly trick. <laughs> Switch flip back nose blunt. Yeah, he, were you there for that one? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. We he came specifically to China. Like he, he saw that rail and he's like, "We're going there." And I was like, "All right, cool." And then we set up a ten day trip, you know. And uh, and who was on that trip? It was the Australia Nike SB team as well. And they're gnarly. Like some of the dudes on the Australia SB team are fucking gnarly. Nick Basario. Nick Basario. Um. Christian Lowe. Christian Lowe is probably the most gnarly skateboarder. And he was on that trip. And yeah, we got a lot of footage. And then the, I think Shane was hurt. And then the next four days, it was like Shane only. And he got a shit ton of tricks. Dude, <laughs> it's crazy. Just watching, like watching shit that, how consistent he is. It's insane. So for the switch, switch flip back nose blunt, he probably did like uncountable amounts of switch flip back lips. Uh, before landing that switchback so this was this was what his process was it would be a switch flip back lip run back up the stairs try a switch flip back nose blunt if he didn't land it go back up switch flip back lip land it run back up try a switch flip back nose blunt oh and so God. like he landed so many switch flip back lips it was in dude <laughs> i don't even ridiculous. know how many i don't even know if people could do that like regular that consistent you know it's insane that is nuts that's nuts, yo. Take me to that rail, yo. I got a little something. You gonna now shove me into something? Now I shove five oh. Yo, rail broke <laughs> the <wrong> <laughs> They just Back recently time. broke that rail. Oh, it's done. Oh, shit. Damn it. I was gonna say that so, is an insane. Eighteen year old me had nollie heel backlip on that bitch. Oh you feel me? <laughs> All right, I'm gonna open up one of these. Um, what is this called? Common good. Common good beers. Shout out. 
get that local fucking pilsner in you you dig i don't even drink beer and it's actually kind of tasty Ooh. support your local <laughs> glorious hey I'm, i heard ricky actually ricky sold a pair of expensive shoes yo little, little brother johnny's little brother ricky tang's in the building and once johnny gave him a pair of shoes to hold on to some super exclusive things and he, where'd you guys hear about that from <laughs> he sold them how'd you guys hear about that which you told ones? me last time oh, i, I told you right yo <laughs> yo okay do tell do tell all right so nothing but the truth premiere in uh in uh, shanghai right Ricky. and at the time i wasn't getting no shoes right because nike's just starting up so i'm wearing like just random shoes random dunks i think i'm even wearing etnies <laughs> and um so they're like yo you can't you can't be rocking those in uh at this nike sb premiere you know and i'm like well fuck give me some shoes then so they're like all right come up to the office so i go up to the office and i see like they, they bring me into this room I'm like yo what the fuck you guys got shoes they're everywhere <laughs> you know they put me in they they open up this this storage room i'm like yo what the fuck like how come i haven't been here before you guys sending me like the shittiest things <laughs> and like you have a a room full of like amazingness so and i'm just looking for 8.5 you know i'm looking around i'm looking around i'm looking for my size or eight i think i was at eight back then and i uh, i see these i open one box of nike sbs and i'm like oh sick all black white sole i think they were like the takeshi twos and they, were, they had like a sw silver swoosh. I'm like, yes! I didn't even think about it. I just grabbed those. And I saw eight and a half in another corner, right? And I go over there and I, I, I open the box. I'm like, ew, what the fuck are these? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh, these are gross. But I'm never, I'm like, I don't know when the next time I'm going to get a pair of shoes, like in that size. So I close the box. I'm like, I'm taking these, you know? And and they, they, were, pr they were like really flamboyant like they were loud really loud mm -hmm. shoes so i knew at that time like every pair of nike sbs that came out were worth money you know like 300 dollars easy so uh i brought them i brought them back home you know in shanghai in my, back to my friend's place actually where i was staying and i opened the box and i'm i'm searching on ebay and i'm like huh there's i can't find like any information on these shoes i'm typing in you know the product code number nothing's coming up i'm typing in the name of the the shoe the name of, that's on the box and this and that this and that and nothing's coming up so i did that for about a week and i was like ah fuck it so i just put them on top of the fridge and you know i'm just like chilling i'm doing my thing i'm skating and whatever and then uh two two or three months pass four months pass or whatever and i go back I pull, i'm like oh shit yeah there's a pair of shoes on the top of the fridge so i pull them out and i search on ebay how much they're worth and it was 10,000 USD for that oh, pair. Oh my Yeah, God. just for one pair of shoes. And then I started like doing a little bit more research and they were, um, I believe they're called like the Freddy Krueger Dunks. So the reason why they're worth that much is because I guess like every time somebody comes up with a nickname or something of that shoe, it dr drives a lot of awareness to those, to the people who are uh, like, you know, like the Heineken Dunk, right? We'll say something yeah. like, if, if you say, oh, those are the Heineken Dunks, Heineken's gonna like, know something's going on right and they're gonna say like hey we need we want rights for those we want money yeah we want money pretty much so i guess it was hollywood or whoever paramount pictures or whoever yeah. did the uh, freddy krueger or whatever yeah, yeah. whoever owned they it. found out about this and they're like Look, we're gonna take you to court and we're gonna sue you guys this is a story that i've heard i don't know if it's true or not but you know like you know cough up some money or yeah shut or shut it down so nike was like oh shit well we gotta shut it down then so they had to 
call back a lot of those orders and I don't know what they did with those orders, but some of those shoes actually ended up getting leaked out. Uh, yeah, supposedly there's just a very limited amount of those uh, Freddy Krueger dunks. And I had a pair uh, like just by accident. <laughs> and I was like, and I'm never going to wear those, you know, I'm, I'm I, I, I never wore them. I'm never going to wear them. So I'm like, yo, Ricky, just hang on to these, you know? And this motherfucker <laughs> sold them. <laughs> he sold them. I don't know how much he sold them for, but. How much, Ricky? What'd you get? Two Gs. What? Really? Yeah. That's not all bad. Right. Two grand? Two grand. I think you could have got four, but uh, two grand. That's all right. That's all right. Yeah, there was. Yeah, there were uh, like 8.5 8. 8. 8. is a hard sell. How much of that two grand did you see? Uh, I think Ricky, like, might have bought me a, a nest tea, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got some nest tea for that. What are little brothers for, right? <laughs> but I, I ain't mad. I mean, I didn't pay anything for them. And again, I'm not a sneaker head. I'm just... You got this story to uh, tell. I just love... I, I, I love shoes. I got to admit, I love shoes and I love the story behind a shoe. So what's next for Johnny Tang? Um, trying to become a professional fisherman. Uh, Good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you guys don't even know. Have you guys ever been fishing? Yeah. Yeah? Maybe not like seriously. In a few years. Like a few probably years? like almost 20, but... <laughs> but... But have you guys ever caught a big fish? One time when I was real young, a big fish ripped the rod out of my hands. Really? And stole that shit, so... Just been kind of over it since then. <laughs> Yo. I think, I think I might have caught a fish when I was like seven or something. I don't remember if it was big. It was probably huge to me at the time, but yeah. it might have been a minnow. Who knows? All right. When I'm back this time, we're going to do a bunt fishing trip. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we should have been doing this interview on the fucking boat. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be interesting. We heard uh, our boy Cody Brown caught a minnow with his bare hands the other day. Dude, like a whimpering <laughs> seal. <laughs> Yo, this guy, this man's had to get wet to get that to get the minnow. Codes, buddy. You need those. Uh, you need the water shoes for the grip, man. Yo, but... He was the only one. He was the whole, like the entire evening, he was the only one to catch a fish. So I had a rod and reel in my hand. I didn't catch shit. He, he yo, he went bear, Survivor he went man. bear grills on that minnow. <laughs> <laughs> yo, it was sick. I'm about to go bear grills on this common good, you dig? Oh, Jesus. Yo, it's rapid fire with the ghost, you dig? And this week, we brought to you by Antisocial, that historical, legendary shop out on the West Coast, Vancouver. You know what I'm saying? If you out there, you better stop by because they fully stocked with passport skateboards, aisle skateboards, welcome skateboards, polar, and quasi. So go holler at our boy, friend of the show, Rick McCrank. Support your local out in Vancouver, in-store, or online at antisocialshop.com. Johnny, you ready to pop? <laughs> I'm ready. All right, favorite skater? I'll do uh, Wade Smith. So that's uh, Wade and Morgan Smith. <laughs> <laughs> favorite video part? Danny Renaud, Mosaic. Ooh. Classic. Favorite video part? <laughs> Danny Renaud. <laughs> 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 I, I read it. The, the favorite videos for favorite video. S. Menic Maddie. Favorite style? Danny Renaud. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? Shane O'Neill. 
favorite trick? Frontside crook. I can't do them, but that's probably my favorite trick. Loosen your trucks for those, all three of us. Right? Or at least me and Johnny skate tighter trucks. Or gain a lot of weight so you can das yeah. pinch it. Yeah, that's what right? I'm saying. You need to be able to like pinch it. Donna, what's your excuse? <laughs> no excuse, man. It's <laughs> terrible. Um, hardest trick for you? Switch 360 flips. Hey, up, <laughs> Fuck that trick anyway. Just holler at me, my boy Wenning, my boy Johnny Layton. Right? You know. right? So many people. Do I can it. roll them pretty good on the ground. But <laughs> the one foot make it look like you got them? Dude, it'll look like a, it'll, it'll, it'll be a 360 flip dark slide. Switch 360 <laughs> flip dark slide. 270? Yeah. Most illegal trick? Nolly hard flips. <laughs> P Rod might have something to say about that. Well, if you do them like P Rod, yeah, you're good. But uh, like if you do, oh no, most illegal trick is like those uh, illusion flips. There you go. Oh. Illusion flips are illusion illegal. Illusion hard flips? Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Maybe Nolly back heel down some stairs. Just the way it felt. Down what? Uh, nine stairs, I think. Woo! Johnny got an R, eh? That's yeah, a, that was like in a blue nine years Helps ago. there or what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Switch flip, back nose blunt, Shane O'Neill. Worst bunt of your career? Saying I'm going to film a video part, another video part, and not filming it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're fucking in China with talking about the best spots in the world. I skate How many years has it been since your last oh part? Oh my though? god. No, the thing is, I've been filming... But it's just for like random things, you know? I ha like, yeah, I wish I could film. I don't have enough tricks to film for a new video part. Learning <laughs> tricks is fucking hard when you're 34 years old. Okay, okay. Best trick you've ever done that wasn't caught on film? I don't know. Fuck. Let's get some details. <laughs> yeah, come on. Come on. Like, kick the back tail to fakey? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Actually. <laughs> Yo, I know. Yesterday at Ash B. I did a fakey, get this, fakey, uh, what was that trick that Cody does? Fakey front crook. Fakey front crooks? Is it fake, like fakey, fakey, fakey like 5 front crooks or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, fakey das pinch. Nobody, <laughs> nobody filmed it. I felt really good after landing it. <laughs> fakey only switch front crook. Damn, you're soft. Very. If that's the best, dude, what was the kickflip back tail one? <laughs> I, I, it was like a flip kick, out? No, no, no. It was like a kickflip back tail 270 in the middle. Like, like not off the end or whatever. I was just like fucking around and then, uh, I don't know, I think I just landed and I was like super stoked. Nobody saw it. I like, no one you, know, you know, when you, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> when, one's better. when you like land, uh, land a trick and then you, you surprise yourself and you look up to see if anybody saw it and <laughs> nobody saw it. Yeah. And I was like, shit, but you know, that's the one. There you go. What's the one trick that got away? Back in the day, I tried to three flip a 13 stair and <laughs> I landed on it, man. And I don't know if I was using like shitty bearings or whatever, but I was pushing like a motherfucker and I felt like I couldn't even get, it was like a, a, a it was a little long. I got to admit, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hype it up too hard, but it was a, it was a long set. No, it must've been my shitty bearings, man. But uh, yeah, I remember getting tired from just like pushing. I wasn't getting like, I didn't get a heel bruise or nothing, but I landed on one. And then all of a sudden I wasn't coming close. Like I was pushing way more, like I was pushing too hard. Damn, you know, Phelps must have been on that side. <laughs> <laughs> What's the last new trick you learned? It was the fakey, what is it, fakey switch front crook, I guess is what it's called. Who's your guilty pleasure skater? Nyjah Houston or Chris Joslin? Favorite local brand? I'll say uh, the Bunt, 
just because you guys are killing it, doing doing your thing. And I know you guys got that new apparel line, which is uh, yo, I got a cop. I gotta go to <laughs> I gotta go to drift and cop one of those. Um, Cadence, I feel like they're doing a good job. Uh, they're definitely in. I feel like the evolvement of skateboarding in Toronto for sure for the Canadian skateboard scene. Blue Tile, just because they're the OG skate shop, and I love everything that they're doing for skateboarding. And of uh, of course, the Drift man, those guys are the homies. Watching Jacob and Jesse grow up, uh, it's uh, it's amazing to see where they came from and what they're where they're going. Real talk, real talk. <laughs> Thanks for the love. Favorite local skater. Favorite local other, skater, other than me and Donald, of course. You don't have to, you know. Favorite? I'd have to go Morgan Smith, man. Uh, I grew up skating with him a lot, and man, I've seen the progression, like insane progression. Man, I remember Earl Hegg days. He broke up with his girlfriend and went insane, <laughs> dude. He went insane. He like took. Man, I remember we were like skating. I would say we we had our tricks. We had our we had our tricks. You know, he was good at the backside. I was good at the front side. But man, after he broke up his girlfriend, he had no life. Dude, he just... <laughs> dude, he went all in skateboarding and he's my favorite skateboarder, local skateboarder for sure. Fuck yeah. The mayor. Favorite teammate ever. Favorite teammate? I'll say all my perception teammates for sure. Woo, I'm oh, in there. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah you are. Donald's 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 all my perception family. Donald was right at the end. No matter. The, the, the pity throw on. Dude, <laughs> hell yeah, I'd take it. Yo, perception <laughs> was the holy grail. Dude, baby. was it not? It was the best. 100%. Yeah, Cody was the last real edition. No, I'm just kidding. Jesus. <laughs> just kidding. I remember when I got on, Warren was there too, and Six-Year-Old was there, and Warren's like, yo, Greg, yo, fuck this shit. Put Sixer on too, man. <laughs> and he's like, all right, Sixer's on. I'm like, why are we on, man? Let's go. Oh, that's sick. so sick. Worst company. I would say the worst company in skateboarding is anybody who's not putting it back into skateboarding. Um, I don't know who that is, but whoever that is, you guys suck. Get out of skateboarding because skateboarding doesn't need you. Ooh. Real shit. For the culture, man. Worst trend. D3s? <laughs> I don't know how those get, became a trend. I think, I think they're even getting popular again now, huh? They're coming back. Yeah, right? They're in the dime store, it looks like. Really? In Montreal, yeah. Wow. I guess, oh, well, Dime could gimmick, but yeah, yeah, yeah they could get on is. that level for yeah. sure. That's Dime. I, I respect that. Worst style? Tom Krauser. <laughs> <laughs> Last person you want on the sesh? Last person I want on the session? Jake Phelps. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, only, oh, no, only because, um, yes, yeah, too much pressure, man. Skating with that motherfucker is too much pressure. It's trying to milk milk something out of you all the time, you know? That's my main man. You would have never switched front healed that. I would have never. Without Jake. I respect it. <laughs> I mean, the first three words I said to the guy, he snapped on. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah, Donald called him uh, Phelps, Phelps and, and then he lost it on him. Only my friends call me. <laughs> I heard the stories. I heard the stories. Hey, yo. All right, that's going to wrap up interview with Johnny. God damn. Thank you so much for doing this with us. That's it, huh? That's, that's all she wrote, baby. Hell yeah. Thank you guys for having me on the, on the show. Scarborough legend. Scarborough. Represent. <laughs> All right, y'all, it's time to pop off the post office brought to you by our good friends at Time Bomb Trading. And this week, it's all about the Independent and America collab featuring the Wino G6, the Romero, 
and tons of apparel. America and Independent Trucks are teaming up once again, this time with one of the gnarliest shredders in the game out there taking the lead. With two core skate dedicated brands working together, this collab pays homage to skating's roots, not only in the past, but to the future ahead. So make sure you get down to your local skate shop before it's too late and get a piece of this collab for yourself. You've got mail. Alright, first up we got an email from Aiden Johnson, the owner of the nicest flick in TDOT. Hey Mr. Bunt, long time listener, first time emailer here. What I'm trying to wonder is if people know that the Bunt is actually just one of the three bad bees. What are the other bees and do these rules still apply in 2017? The people deserve to know. Aiden hitting us with some uh, behind the scenes information. Definitely one of the one of the three bad bees. The other two are biting and beaming. Man, we got a lot of beamers nowadays in 2017, so I think the rules the rules are slipping a little bit, but Instagram's just <laughs> one big beam. But yeah, our boy Noah Tynes back in the day created the three bad bees and if you if you violated all three of them, you got banned from the crew. <laughs> you got banned from the scene. So if you bit someone, that's a B. If you bunted a trick, that's a B. And if you uh what was the last one? Biter, beamer. Bite, oh, if, if you're you, a biter. If you bite, yeah, beam. And the best was, I'll never forget the day that we actually caught Noah on biting, beaming, and bunting. <laughs> and he freaked out and ran out of the room. He couldn't believe he violated his own rules and got himself banned. <laughs> but yeah, I think, uh, I think the rules are a lot more lenient nowadays. So, Aiden, if you want to become the enforcer of the three bad bees, start putting some people on blast. I got your back, man. Yeah, Noah T, you're still banned, yo. He bit Daryl's Darrell Stanton's front nose at Back of Commerce while he was trying it. Yeah. He bunted double flip Montreal Big Two. <laughs> and he beamed all the time. Classic quote. Yo, Seifa, tell him what I did on white bars. <laughs> Dude, that was exactly what I popped into my head. You're banned, Noah. Uh, get the hell out of here. <laughs> Alright, next up we got an email from Dale Semple. Hey guys, love the show. New time listener, Morgan told me about it when I was skating with him at Stanky Bay on Monday. Just wanna say keep up the great work and ask what spot in Toronto do you miss the most due to being demolished or skate stoppers or grass taking over pavement like Skydome Banks in front of Steam Whistle. Oh man, we've lost some good ones, bro. You have one in your head? Yeah, the spot I miss the most is definitely the back of Commerce Ledge. Oh, Wall Ledge. Wall Ledge, yeah. They fucked that one up good, but it was like the best material for grinds and slides and security didn't really mess with you too much there. Definitely missed that spot. Dude, back in the day, that was our like uh, our PJ ledge. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those PJ wall ledges if you're not familiar, like just enough space to get your tail slide and stuff on and just oh, perfect. Glory. Uh, two spots come to my mind, one being I mean, we didn't have too long with this spot, so it didn't hold too close a spot in my heart, but when the courthouse benches were set up on the nice ground, my God, that was oh, that yeah. was insane. That was like a skate park, man. The only downfall of that was that there were so many people. But for like a lifetime spot, I'm definitely going with the triangle at U of T. We spent tons of days there as kids, just a bunch of ledges everywhere. A smaller size, big two. Yeah, that's that. That's the one I'm missing for sure. We, we don't have too many of those chill spots you can spend the day at in TDOT, so 
Damn, those are some good picks. Forgot about we, those good times. We spent some hours at the triangle, man. <laughs> All right, next up, we got an email from Jeff Comer, the good homie. Boys, quick question for Saifa. Rumors are that LeBron is looking west after this next season. If he goes to the Lakers, how do you live with that combo? Keep killing it with the pod. P.S. Will Marshall episode, please. Yeah, we're working on Will Marshall. Been working on him for 365 already, but <laughs> we'll keep working on it. And uh, as far as LeBron going west, Saifa, man, the floor is yours, baby. You know he's going to be in that purple and yellow soon. Yeah, Comer, good question. It's been kind of bugging me lately, all the rumors. And honestly, <laughs> I don't I don't know how I'm going to react to that because, fuck. I mean, I, I think I already said on the pod, when Kobe retired, I realized I was more of a Kobe fan than a Laker fan. And I, sure. I had to make a big life choice. Like, do I stick with the Lakers? <laughs> and I decided to keep it real and not be a 100% bandwagon niggy. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a Lakers guy, but if LeBron goes there, that. if LeBron goes there, though, I'll have to reevaluate <laughs> my whole set of values again. But let's just get Paul George there. Fucking, you know, that's hopefully, a good start. Hopefully Lonzo Ball's the truth. Yeah. What? What? How do you feel about the Lakers new ties to the Ball family, man? I think I think it's perfect. And I think, you know, once he's in the NBA, he'll kind of fall back a little bit. I hope at least and like you know Lonzo will become the real star of the family and hopefully Lavar is just like a noisy fly in the background but he is pretty funny even though he's insane it's the family's built for TV man it's a reality TV show coming any fucking day now real talk so yeah I'll deal with that when it when if the time ever comes Comer I'll deal with it then until then I'll pretend I never heard of that rumor Alright, next up we got an email from Jefferson Hall. Yo, what's up with all the LeBron hate? Where did all this LeBron hate come from? How can you bash LeBron's leadership and back a man like KD who abandoned his team? LeBron is not only a leader on the court but off the court as well with being a main guy who acknowledges the black discrimination going on in America. Plus he's the best basketball player alive right now and he's one of the funniest players next to the boy Shaq. P.S. Keep killing it on the pod. Fucks with y'all heavy. Wow. Back-to-back back LeBron questions for my dog, the ghost. Okay, first... I love this f- shit. First of all, LeBron, I don't know where you come off saying that he's one of the funniest players next to Shaq. Yeah, that's kind of odd. But, yo, you you love the Instagram one. Even though he was, like, being serious and now everyone's making fun of it by making the LeBron challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no. funny. The LeBron James challenge was amazing, but that was just classic LeBron. Like, I don't even know if he was trying to be funny. He just, anytime he's not the center of the attention in the NBA, he does some weird shit. Like, he's been going <laughs> crazy on Instagram since they lost the finals. Like, there's one thing where he's balancing on a ball and, like, just looking at the camera, beaming that is so, so hard. so weird. Yeah. So, like, he's like, please talk about me some more. I need first take. Can you talk about me? Let uh, me shave my head. Yeah. Um, and then attempt to grow it back. And then, But, hey, to be honest, I ain't going to lie, man. Like... I didn't always like LeBron either. The decision left seriously bad taste in my mouth. That was one of the worst things I've ever seen in team sports. But I, I grew I grew the love back for him when he went back to Cleveland. He's undeniable the man's the best player in the world right now, but 
He deserves the hate he gets. I'll say it, man. Yes, thank you. Okay, but I just also <laughs> want to clarify, like, I know he's an amazing, like, person off the court and everything. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I back him. Like, I hate LeBron, like, as a basketball fan, but I don't hate LeBron as a man. So off the court. Sit that clear. Um, yeah. But LeBron's just one of those guys, and I'm not delusional. I know Kobe was kind of like this too, but he's the best player. But he's one of those guys that he likes to pass the blame. And people are also scared to talk shit about him, so you don't get all the real rawness. Like, you know, oh, he makes his teammates better. Like, yeah, he does, but he also, like, is that dude who yells at you and he turns the ball over and will yell at you or, like, blame the ref. Like, I just, I can't get down yeah. like he just pisses me off he ran into a referee once who was like five eight or something and like this old like 50 year old ref but didn't know it was a ref and then he went down for like 10 minutes and like he had to get like <laughs> the whole team came to pick him up meanwhile the like 50 year old refs just like chilling he's just a uh, bitch there's just so many little things that, he's not the he's not the best loser that's for sure yeah he's a sore loser and he's and he loses he's lost a lot in the nba so yeah he's been through a lot man been an interesting career for the guy but we definitely love him off the court you can't say any bad thing about him off the court yeah if i didn't if i wasn't such a lebron hater i'd film my own lebron james challenge if you haven't yeah, seen you that you should dog go peep it it's hilarious you you got you now give the people <laughs> what they want bro <laughs> we'll see next up we got an email from Aden langhorn coming in hot all the way from down here in australia you dig first question is who's your favorite Australian skater. Second question, favorite Australian skate company. And bonus question, who is the wackest Australian skater? Jesus. Thanks, boys. Keep the shit talk coming. Loving all the content. Thanks, player from across the world, yo. Ooh, down under, eh? You got one in your head? Yeah, for me, without a doubt, Shane Cross was one of my favorites Ooh. for a long time. RIP. Much love to Shane. Damn, I had one picked in my head, but now you're making me want to say Lewis Marnell just because that guy had the besties. But the first one that popped in my head was Sammy Winterman. He's yeah, a gangster hell yeah. and is probably one of the coolest guys we've talked to. You know what I mean? Just a regular guy doing his thing, skating. And he had a trick in one of his parts that's at my local skate park. So yeah, hold a soft spot in my heart, dog. <laughs> hell yeah. Shouts to Sammy. <laughs> Favorite Australian skate company? Definitely got to go with Last Call, Sammy Winter. Turn up. Carry on the train. Um, I'm not actually 100% positive if this is a skate company or if it's Australian, but I think it has that vibe. You remember Reef Shoes and all the ads where the chicks in bikinis, just booties everywhere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Reef, Reef Shoes, whether they're Australian or not, man. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and bonus question, wackest Australian skater? It's Joel Scullard from Australia. He's been there. <laughs> wow. All right, that, that's your answer. Can we share that one? <laughs> yeah. Love, love you, Joel. See you in the Bud Football League next year, dog. All right. Wackest Australian skater. You know what I'm saying? I met him, and he was actually pretty nice, but I got your back, Sammy. Yo, Callum Paul, yo. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to come on the show, so I'll back you with that one, too. We wanted to do a Callum Paul interview. The man was not interested in hearing what we had to say, so <laughs> at least we know he's not listening, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, that's a big dude. 
Real talk, real talk. Maybe we'll see him at the Glory Challenge, and I'll say it was you who called him out. That's fine, dog. I got that. <laughs> the The best part is that at least there's two of us, man, if, if the big man comes and knocking. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap for the post office. We got a few too many this week, but... Um, we're tight for time, so we'll get all the ones we missed next week. You dig? 100%. Season finale coming next week. Hit us with the real questions. Hit us with the audio notes. Let's hear it. She all know what time it is. Skateboard World Source for Sports, a.k.a. the Big Three, the NFL, the NBA, and the NHL. The only three that anybody care about. But now we dapping in a little soccer, too. We got we got a little update coming from Mike. Don't worry. It's going to be there. So this week, now that the seasons have come to, uh, come to an end, the champions have been crowned. It's draft season, baby. I don't even know what really popped off in the NBA draft other than Fultz went to the Sixers, as everyone expected after the big trade. And Lonzo Ball has arrived in L.A. The Ball family gets to stay home. You see him on uh, on the E! channel coming to you soon. <laughs> but the biggest thing that I think happened, man, how in the hell did the T-Wolves get Jimmy Butler for that cheap, dog? Yo, if you're a Bulls fan right now, you're crying, you're in tears. You just lost your new franchise player. He's 27. He's a top, what, top He's 20 player in the league? Definitely top 20, probably top 15. I mean, depending on, you know, what you value, he could even be a top 10 guy. Like he, He's a bulldog, man. Ultimate defender, offense blowing up the last couple seasons, gets rebounds, gets assists. He's like a fucking 23, 5 and 5 kind of guy. They don't, there's not many of them in the league, and uh, they just traded him for Zach Levine, who tore his ACL. Chris Dunn, who did shit all in his rookie season. Unproven, but they say he has, the kid has potential. I still, I mean, I'm interested to see what he has with a real role. Like, Ricky Rubio kind of saw them draft him and, and played probably his best season of his career last year. Held on to his job, so Chris Dunn didn't really have too much time to show what he's made of, but... Still, seventh pick in the draft as well. I don't know. I think the seventh pick, but they sent the sixteenth back. Like, yeah. And then they, I, I don't know, like all the prospects in the NBA, but I listen to my boy Jalen, and I take his opinion very highly. And yeah. by the sounds of it, they didn't make a very good pick with the seventh. So I don't know what the hell's going over on over there in Chicago. They're tripping, man. Dwayne Wade uh, picked up his player option, twenty-four million. He's hoping to get bought out. <laughs> I mean, the Bulls are going to be a disaster for uh, the foreseeable future. I feel bad for Zach Levine, man, because he was part of that upstart fucking the uprising. The, the next big thing. Like in the East, the Sixers are coming, and in the West, the T Wolves are coming big time, and they just accelerated the process. I like Zach Levine. Last year, he had a, a best year of his career, but. Yep. Um, Poor bastard, and the the Bulls got ripped off big time. And uh, shout out to Thibodeau and the T Wolves, yeah. man. They're gonna be fun to watch next year. I was gonna say bravo to them and their and their front office. Keep your eyes on the T Wolves. So another trade popped off, and uh, I don't actually remember the the specifics. D'Angelo Russell and Timofey Mozgov are headed to Brooklyn, and uh, uh, who is it? It's uh, Brook Lopez and a draft pick that went to L.A. Yeah. Okay. 
that's a, that's a, sounds like a win for the Lakers for me. First of all, you get D'Angelo Russell out of the dressing room. His fucking Snapchat <laughs> ass is gone. The boys yeah. might feel a little more comfy hanging around each other. And uh, this just paved the way for Lonzo Ball, man. The writing was on the wall. He was going there. What, do you, what are your thoughts on D'Angelo Russell as a player, man? Yo, honestly, one of the hardest parts for me when Kobe retired was that, like, D'Angelo Russell was, like, the talk of, like, their next guy. Mm-hmm. Their next big guy, and I never ever liked him. Like he's <laughs> he's unathletic. People always talk about his court vision and his IQ. I didn't see it. He just comes off as kind of like an egotistical little kid who was mm-hmm. trying to be more than he was with his fucking blood and ice in his veins and shit. I was never into his whole thing. He w- was never that great, and he's already getting hurt a lot. Like just from playing fantasy, we noticed these things, right? Last year he was on Knicks team, and he was never healthy Mm -hmm. um and he's just he looks like he's got limited time with those knees man he's already got like his knees facing inwards yeah which doesn't seem like a good sign long term (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't think so man um i don't know i was just never a big fan on and off the court obviously the whole snapchat thing was so whack too so i was so happy to see him leave if they were going to get rid of any of the young guys get Lonzo in there no fucking battle for who's you know the, the leader point leader or I mean mm-hmm. point guard and then getting rid of Mozgov's contract oh my god that's so huge going forward Jim Jim Buss and fucking Mitch Kupchak really shit the bed in their last year so with the dang and Mozgov deals like I wanted to kill myself I don't know if you remember how oh, pissed yeah. I was at the time so getting rid of that deal is just a stroke of genius Magic Johnson coming in there, cleaning up the mess. If they could somehow get rid of Dang's deal as well, shouts to them. But they're clearing up space for Paul George. And uh, the future is looking, I won't say bright yet, but we're on the right path. And we get Brooke Lopez, you know, an all-star caliber center. That's for, what I was going to say, man. It's year. not just a salary dump. You guys got yourself a hell of a player and a first-round pick. And you yeah. gave up a huge contract. And a guy like D'Angelo Russell, I was going to say something mean, but... And got a pick back, like, I think it was, like, the 31st or 27th pick, somewhere yeah. around there. Like, yeah, I don't know. It seemed like highway robbery to me. There's still people, like, who are saying the Lakers fucked up and D'Angelo Russell's, you know, Yeah, he has potential. Great, yeah. Yeah, but, but I ain't interested in potential when we got Lonzo coming to replace you anyways. And you haven't shown me anything in That's what I'm saying. I'm not buying potential, you know? There's a fucking thousand guys out there who have potential. That if That's not something to rest your hat on. Yeah. But quick question, bro. So I'm just over here drafting up an email right now. You got your resume handy because it seems like the people in the front office in Brooklyn and Chicago, <laughs> they, they go find themselves on the street soon, man. I don't know what's going on in the NBA. Hey, man, with my fantasy prowess, uh, you, know, you know I think I could do a better job than some of these clowns. You see, you see, man. I, you know we put in them hard hours, so it's just, we got that, man. Yeah, if I, if if we could learn the uh, the salary cap and all those nuances. No, then, you got other guys for that, man. <laughs> yeah, they got the number crunchers. Don't worry, bro. There's all sorts of people in the office. Actually, funny, one of uh, our favorite people from our basketball league, good friend of yours lude hit me up this morning talking about how he's gonna come into uh the bunt fantasy football league tear it up oh my god and then he's gonna enter my money league next season he's gonna tear that one up too 
And all, all his talking just made me realize that he is actually just the Charles Barkley of fantasy sports, man. man just a big mouth who ain't ever win nothing, buddy. All bark, no bite, man. <laughs> KD's knees, bro. Never forget it. <laughs> Yo, what's up, guys? Mike Henry again, here for a little bit of footy chat. So last week, Cristiano Ronaldo said that he was going to leave Real Madrid. It's probably not going to happen. He does this like once every other season. Um, gets himself a better contract even though he just signed one until like 20 fucking 20 or some shit like that anyway it doesn't matter so Premier League starts back up August 12th like I said last week and uh, what you guys have to look forward to what I'm going to give you rundowns on is the title race the top four which players are fighting for the golden boot which managers have gotten the sack and which teams are in the relegation battle so that's it back to Studio E alright I guess it's time to slide over to the NHL man the expansion draft went down it was crazy man people were offering up draft picks to protect young players i think they came out with four or five extra first round picks over the next couple years damn the ottawa senators lost their second best defenseman probably one of the best stay-at-home d-men in the league who anchored the blue line with eric carlson wow i bet they wish that uh they took bobby ryan but they didn't the Nashville Predators lost one of their top goal scorers in James Neal. So shit got interesting. Some teams got away lucky, like the Maple Leafs. We lost a guy, Brandon Leipzig. We'll be fine without him. But some of these teams got hit hard. I think as everyone expected, they got Marc-Andre Fleury from Pittsburgh. But man, they got themselves a team. The only thing is they got way too many players. And uh, you can't take that many guys to camp. So they're not done they're definitely going to trade at least two defensemen and the good thing for uh for buyers at this time is time's a ticket man because they gotta move them soon so the price is dropping right and i like my odds on the leafs getting one of them d-man dog dude that's crazy i can't even imagine just like just getting guys poached and you have to just sit back and let it happen that's a fucked up buddy so a crazy thing one case was the New York Islanders. Everybody knew they couldn't protect all their guys. So what they did is they gave them two forwards and two draft picks to take a certain guy. So essentially they lost three players and three draft picks just to protect one player, Calvin DeHaan, which is actually insane, man. Like they got wow. to move some caps, so it's not that bad, but man, they <laughs> The Vegas Golden Knights, they got some they got some assets and they rolling into the season with not a bad team. That's fucking nuts. I hate their name, but I'd yeah. have to tune in. Their jerseys it. are even worse, man. <laughs> the only thing that like that made me angry about this whole process is how silly the NHL is and how they haven't figured it out, man. They made it the expansion draft is the same day as the NHL awards. So they'd give out an award and then they'd let Vegas pick five people. It's like, man, it's the middle of summer. Wow. Do you not know you got to drag this shit out? Like, yeah. could have been two specials. People would have been into it for two nights. Once. We've been doing this show for a year, and I already know you got to stretch this shit out, man. Come on, <laughs> NHL. What the, who's running these shows, man? Like, no know, wonder man. the salary cap's so low, and nobody's making any money in the NHL because they're pulling bonehead moves like that. That's so loose. So dumb. I was giving, giving out awards and men's are just switching teams and getting poached. At the same it's insane, time. man. So they got a huge board on the side that looks like a draft board for one team, obviously. And the next side, they're handing out awards. I couldn't believe it, man. But as far as the awards go, one quick word on that. Eric Carlson definitely 
Should have won the Conn Smythe. Oh, is it the Conn Smythe? What's that? I forget what the best defenseman award's called. It slipped my mind right now because I'm too cheesed at the NHL. But definitely the best defenseman in the league and uh, probably one of the best players in the league. He should have won that. And big shouts to Austin Matthews, rookie of the year, 40 goal, 40 goal scorer. T-Dot, we have a future, potentially. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you got okay, that bonus I'm, of pain. Oh, pure bonuses. 40 goals in his first year, man. Hats off to the kid. But it's big time. I guess that's a rapidy rap, eh? That's going to dust up the, uh, the rundown. And unfortunately, in the episode, we got one more left for season four. We're mad hyped. It's going to be a huge one, dog. A barn burner still. <laughs> oh, you don't say. All right, my dog. Big thanks to Johnny, all our sponsors, Common Good Beer. We out, dog. Peace. Yo, Hollywood. That's Simon. Simon, you, Simon was like, yeah, he wasn't consistent in anything, but... <laughs> Dude, no, he was, dude, he wasn't consistent, but he, got but he was Hollywood. Yeah. Like he, back nose blunt, how perfect was that? Nolly heel back nose blunt at U of T? Dude.